Welcome back. This is the South Down Collective. I am Stu. And I am Steph. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite local athletes to training groups, events, and opportunities in the Homa, Thibodeau, Bayou region. Whether you're an experienced ultra runner or CrossFit champion, maybe looking to find some new people to train with, or maybe just curious to fitness in our area, we hope you'll find this podcast as a one-stop shop to what's happening locally in fitness and training. Speaking of which, we have some results from some Gator racers who ran a half marathon and 10 miler this weekend. Alex placed first male running a 110 half marathon. Stephanie Sleekus placed first female male running a 119 half marathon, Corey Berg with a 120 winning masters, and Garrett Sharpenshay running a 120 10 miler. Congratulations to all. And speaking of Gator Racing, next week we'll be talking to someone from Gator Racing and how it all started. Stu, do you have any results to share with us? I sure do. The Vanderbilt Catholic High School cross country team actually went to state last weekend and we have some results. First place overall was Ella Chestnut. Fourth place was Bryn Kelso. Fifth place was Caroline Lindsay. Sixth place was Logan Hamilton. And 19th was Grace Schecksnyder. The team won its third state championship in a row. And Caroline Lindsay is actually a five-time all-state cross-country runner. And I just thought it was amazing that these young girls are kind of setting the bar and representing the local community as they are. And, and actually, I shared a post today on the Facebook page and by the time you guys hear that you might have to go back a little bit to see it but Matt Kelso, Bryn's dad, had a great little post that he shared five years ago these girls were all running together with a dream of like winning a state championship and then they did I mean it's just really really uh, spectacular and actually I wanted to put out there if girls if you're listening we'd love for you to come talk to us on the podcast and talk a little bit about your influence and your training I, I think that would be really beneficial especially for other young people out there that could get influenced by your story Absolutely. That's incredible. Congrats, ladies. And if you want to read more about the girls' championship, there's a great article in the Home of Times, and we'll put that link in the show notes. So, Steph, how was your training last week? Nothing too uh, spectacular. Just been implementing more strength workout, to be honest with you. So, just running consistently, but adding more plyometric legs, abs, upper body. How's your training going? Well, you couldn't ask for better weather for this past week. This week, of course, it's supposed to start kind of raining midweek, but I kind of took it easy on the bike. Didn't really put in too many miles uh, with the planning and everything that was going into the Tour de Swamp for yesterday. My running was really pretty calm. I, I think I put just a little under 40 miles for the week, but with the weather being nice, I don't know about about y'all, but I find when I'm not pushing as hard or I'm not feeling like I'm getting as much of a, a sweat going when, when the weather's just right, I tend to kind of get into this uh, spacey state where maybe like, because I'm not so focused on being uncomfortable and I kind of look down, I'm like, oh, my legs are moving. And like, where am I? What am I doing? And so I just thought I kind of had that moment. I was like, I might share this on the podcast. Maybe there are other people out there when they're actually running, they get into this kind of euphoric state of like, this is really nice. And what am I doing? <laughs> you know kind of like this out-of-body experience and so I just wanted to kind of throw that out as part of our icebreakers. I'm a weirdo Um, I actually prefer the heat honestly I know that's strange (laughs) and my husband is the opposite and gives me weird looks every time I say that 
Um, but I actually, I do know what you're talking about. Um, there are moments when you just kind of forget that you're running. And I know that Nikki Nakan actually just had that same experience this week. She went out for a six miler and felt so good and lost track of mileage that she wound up running 10 miles and was only planning to go out to do six. So yeah, it's for sure a real thing. You ever have those mornings where you have to stop running because you have to get to work? No, because I always wake up early enough to where I have that buffer time because <laughs> I'm up at 4.15 out there running. So I have plenty of time so I can, I can get lost if I really want to. So it looks like we have a legend in the building today. That's right. Right, we are joined today by George Robichaux, and I'd like to say that George is one of those guys that, for me, has always been there. Whether I've been in ultra running, training, or organizing cycle rides, he even joined me for part of my 200 mile ride that I did back in 2016. And also, George, with his encouragement from a few of the articles that were written about me in the past about my mileage and challenges that I completed, George actually would cut out those newspaper articles and he'd send them to me in the mail with little handwritten notes. So I think he's truly an inspiration and he's one of the most well-experienced, respected athletes of our area. So just wanted to say welcome, George. Wow, that's pretty nice. Uh, no, I can remember, Stu, the first time I met you, I was training for my first Ironman and out on the bike and you, I think you had, you were doing some ultra marathon and you might've run who knows how many miles that day or the day before, but you were coming to meet us on the bike and I was out kind of lost by myself. Coming out back against you and it was out, um, what's the lake back there? Uh, lake Verrett? Tackapaw Landing coming back. Ran into another guy on a bike and I said, that's gotta be Stu. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I said, are you Stu Babin? He said, yeah. I said, thank goodness, because I'm lost. I'm just going to follow you. And uh, we went back and met up with the group, and that, that was that was the longest bike ride I, I ever, ever have done to date, even, because it ended up being like 116 miles. So. Yeah, that was that was the weekend after I did my ultra marathon. I remember right. that now that you mention it, and we rode 100 miles that day. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to get back on the bike and see if I could still do it and I guess I did <laughs> that's good I didn't realize that was your furthest one that day yes so how about you George how was your training last week it was good I'm kind of in a just in an idle mode or nothing serious after the little triathlon that we did in new roads I was going to go straight into training for the Houston Chevron marathon which is the middle of January but I promptly got an email that it was canceled and since then my, my training has kind of fallen off a cliff which may not be a bad thing i was having a little bit of a knee trouble so i've been in the pool more than anything the last three to four weeks which has kind of been fun how about you steph still doing the normal uh, mahoney's thirsty crawfish groups yep every monday uh, mahoney's meets at 6 p.m in front of mahoney's and runs a 5k we do vote on that route weekly so it always changes um thirsty crawfish is still uh, we're doing tuesdays for now 6 p.m and then for those who want to uh, play trivia afterwards uh, they do trivia at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. I do know that uh, the Soulmates is doing a turkey trot this Thursday. The location is going to be still determined, but I do know it's going to be that morning. And then Sunday, they're meeting at Downtown Joe's at 6 a.m. Thanksgiving Day, they're doing a turkey group run from the Record Setters Club, which is absolutely free. It's going to be 7.30 a.m. Uh, Barker Hall. Powerade and snacks are going to be provided. It's just going to be a run around Nichols campus. Some are going to be going further. 
um, than just the 5K, but walkers and bikers are also welcome. George, do you have any regular classes or anything that you attend on a weekly basis? I know Jill was your guest last week, and I was pretty steady with her group there on Wednesday mornings on Lafayette Street at, I think it's Extreme Fitness, 5 a.m. I was very steady, and those got shut down uh, in March. And they have since reopened, but I haven't been back yet. But that's one of, I, I keep telling Jill every time I see her that I'm coming back, I'm coming back, but I haven't made it yet. And like I say, for right now, it's it's been kind of laying low. I, you know, I do like to go and run. Uh, Steve mentioned that group Tuesday, Thursdays at 520 from PJ's. Meet up with that group. Uh, they're getting to be, uh, I, I wouldn't say they're getting to be too fast for me. I'm getting to be too slow for them is what I think is <laughs> going on. But uh, it's always fun to get with them. There's a lot of uh, a lot of camaraderie there. I know you ride with Clarence a lot, and, and I know it was good seeing you and Clarence and Miguel out riding last weekend in the new Bayou Country Sports Park. Speaking of Miguel, I'm, I'm pretty surprised he still ride with you since you beat him by 10 seconds in that last triathlon <laughs> y'all did. I, I appreciate you uh, plugging me like that. No, Miguel is a good friend, and we had a good time up in New Roads. That was that was really like the only triathlon that went on this year. And they had a, a good group from Terrebonne and Lafouche that was there. Uh, Steph was there also. And uh, I don't know, there were eight or ten of us, I guess, there. It was a lot of fun. But I, I remember, again, you know, hearing about Miguel, even before I ever met him, this was probably before he moved to home, I would go to triathlons in New Orleans. And Miguel would win, win the age group, and I was middle of the pack. And he subsequently, coincidentally, moved moved to Homa, and we've become friends. And it's a, he's very competitive, and it's it's a lot of fun. So, did Miguel get slower, or did you get faster? Um, he got slower. <laughs> I, I call it a it's a victory of attrition because all these people used to be lots of people in that thirty to thirty five uh, age group, and they dwindling down to about five or six. Uh. Yeah, that the triathlon that we did was really fun. That was actually this year was the first year that I'd actually ever even done a triathlon. So that was the second one that I did. So, Stu, how many people showed up for the Tour de Swamp event yesterday? We had about 40 or 50 people that showed up. You know, this is just a little friendly group that I've been doing since like 2014. It started out as a 200K and then they used to add some gravel roads and just some gnarly stuff kind of. We used to do it the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's kind of like after you ate too much and you felt guilty, then you can go out and just write it all out. But uh, it's kind of turned into this thing every year, and, and everybody really enjoys it. And my dad actually did the rest stop yesterday, and he told me that he, he spoke to somebody that drove all the way from Texas oh, wow. to do it. So we had people from Baton Rouge, from Lafayette, from New Orleans, from Mississippi, Texas, and it was uh, extremely fast. Um, they, they really put the hammer down at, at, uh, pretty much for the whole ride. I enjoy doing it and, and seeing and meeting new people. It, a lot of times I, I host these little events and it turns into kind of reunion for people that I've been riding with for years and then they kind of come out of the woodworks and, and they'll make a special trip down just to come and, and ride. Yeah, it was great. It was a great, great event and uh, I'll probably do it again next year. So Steph, what are the upcoming events that you have? December 5th is Loop Guru. They have um, different options. You can do a 20 miler, 40 miler, I want to say a 60 miler or a 100 miler. Looks like Louisiana Marathon is still a go in January and then looks like Voodoo Ultra is still as of right now going to happen in March. So those are the things I have coming up on my calendar. So this week we're going to turn our interview over to 
George Rope Show. Yeah, and George, we've been riding and running together for several years now, but I don't think I know how long you've been doing this or what got you started. So maybe you can share a little bit about your passion of triathlons and what inspires you to compete? Yeah, I, I started in, in college. I was I was, did not run in, in high school. There was, you know, cross country was a, uh, a third tier sport back when I was in high school. They would make you run it as, as a punishment, I guess. But I had a guy in, in college who wanted to play, wanted to walk on for the LSU baseball team. And he was out running and I would go run with him occasionally. And, and as awful as it sometimes felt when we were out running, when it was over, I really felt good. And so when I, when I went to graduate school, I took a PE class, which was introduction to jogging. And, and that was kind of, yeah, the um, graduate with assistant who was teaching that was extremely supportive and uh, really encouraged me to run. I started going out to the to the 5Ks. This was at LSU. You know, there was there was a race every weekend. Just built upon that and did my first marathon in 1980 and was just amazed that I think there were 800 runners and I couldn't believe that there were 800 runners at a marathon. And back then, the water stops were five miles apart. I mean, they wouldn't do that today. And, you know, I bonked pretty good. I went went out way too fast because I felt terrific the first 15 miles. Bonked at 20, but still finished in 328, which I was real proud of back then. Still proud of that. You know, and so went on from there, and I went did another marathon in 83 and in 84. Then kind of had a foot injury and laid off a run and really thought that I would I wouldn't run again. Went with another buddy to buy some running shoes and when he was finished the guy selling he says, "What about you? What do you need?" I said, "Well, I can't run anymore. I have a foot injury." He says, uh, "Well, how do you know you can't run anymore?" I said, "Well, you you may be right." So I bought a pair, another pair of running shoes and started running again and and didn't have that whatever that injury was and started running again. Got a flyer in the mail about the MS-150 and got a bike and trained for that. And this was before there was a lot of cycling in the area. That was 1988 and trained for that by myself and did that by myself, which was a lot of fun. And then I go to a race after that and was telling somebody that I do some biking and some running. They said, well, you ought to do a triathlon. I said, I can't swim. (laughs) And they said, how you know? So I joined the Masters. They had a Masters program at the Y during the 80s and and got involved with that and did my first triathlon shortly after that. Took a lot of years off. I have three daughters that were born in, in the 90s, or 91, 93, 96. Really never thought I'd run another marathon. I was out running in the neighborhood, went run one day and, and ran into Clarence Bajraw. We started running together, and he was running a half marathon that year, and I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> he egged me on and, and got me to do it, and, and, we, and we did it, and that was in New Orleans, in 2007, and, and the two guys that rode up with us, Jude Fungi and Burnell Landry, were doing their marathon, and they were 70, 70 71 years old, and, and they did it. They finished. So I sat there and said, well, i got to run the marathon next year. <laughs> so signed up and did the marathon in 2008. Uh, Russell Touche and I went to uh, Houston and ran the Houston Marathon 
And then six weeks later, I ran the Mardi Gras Marathon before they changed it to rock and roll. We, we got some other guys involved, Bobby LeCompte, uh, Galen Bollinger, and we just continued to have a little, a little running group on weekends and ran several, several other marathons, uh, you know, just around here locally. Always thought that the Ironman was over my head, but I had seen the, the wide world of sports coverage in 1980 with, uh, you know, Julie Moss and, and the crawl where they are just totally, totally dehydrated and bonked and, and they are just, just literally, you know, struggling and, and can't walk straight and they end up crawling to the finish line. And it, it's something that I always thought would be really cool to do in Ironman. But, but it was almost a negative thing to have run marathons because it was inconceivable to think that you could swim 2.4 miles, bike 112, and then go run a marathon. And, and I certainly had to change my way of thinking that it wasn't, it wasn't running a marathon, it was covering 26.2 miles. And, and that made a, just a big difference in, in my thought process to think that it was possible. The first Ironman that I did was 2014, and earlier in that year, I had done uh, the ride, I should say, up in St. Francisville, the uh, Rouge Roubaix. So I had done recently done a 100-mile bike ride, had a great time. We went to Crescent City Classic, and I was swimming well. We went out to River Shack after the uh, Crescent City, and there was a friend of a friend who, who was with us, started talking about she was doing Ironman Florida. And I was like, I mean, you know, it just began to, to, to sink into me that it was something I ought to consider, and it was something that that maybe I could do. Of course, it just was gnawing on me. My youngest daughter was leaving for college um, that summer, and so I, I wasn't going to feel bad about spending the time training. I was 57, and there was an article that Sunday in the newspaper that talked about when you hit 60, it's all downhill. And, uh, <laughs> so then, I, then it kind of hit me that it was... Um, it was, this was it. It was go time. And, and, you know, you began to have more people around here locally, you know, Ragus and the Lindsay's that, that had done Ironman. And so you did have people that, that you could talk to about it personally. And so I, I signed up and I had planned to do one the following year, but Cozumel, you know, was, had, had entries open, did it. My only goal was to finish. It was, terribly windy. If you're familiar with Cozumel, it's not that big, so we went through three loops around the island, and on that, um, on that east side of the island, the third loop, that was just a ferocious headwind. I, I was hanging on for dear life, you know, just going as slow as possible on the bike to not, try not to strain my legs so that I would have something to start the run. But fortunately, I mean, uh, as soon as I started, I felt I wasn't great, but I felt good, and I I felt fairly good till about mile nine, and at that point I was just just glad to be out there, and a lot of support from the locals out there uh, on the side of the road. So what, did they make posters and everything? They, like they? they did. So that uh, the one funny thing on the run was you know the locals, the little kids were out there, and you you running by, and they'd say, "Si se puedo." 
she say Cueto, and I didn't have any idea what they were saying, but it sounded good, you right. know. And so I get back and ask somebody who sp speaks Spanish, what does that mean? It means you can do it. Wow. And uh, so that was that was really cool. The night before the uh, the Iron Man, and you know, has a question and answer, and, and the guy, one of the guys, raises their hand, and then they they ask him. So what's the best way to crush the race for him? The guy just, just basically laughs. He says, nobody crushes an Iron Man. He says that two things. He said, pacing and nutrition. And, and that I've certainly remembered that to the day. And I, I firmly believe that, that, you know, it's, it's pacing and nutrition. You have to stay within yourself. You can't bonk. And, and you just have to have to know what, what the proper pace is for you. And you have to, to me, practice your nutrition and your training all the time. So I'm curious, you said you ran your first marathon back in 1980. When you compare that to when you started doing competition to when you did your Ironman in 2014, what was the, what was the biggest difference, I guess? Like maybe, maybe from, it was more of, it's just just you back then, and then yeah. and by 2014 there was that community you talked yeah. about ragas. Well, it was it was nice to be younger, uh, <laughs> for sure. But certainly, I trained by myself. It sure would have been nice to have people to train with and people to coach me. I didn't really understand the benefits of intervals or tempo work. I just, I just didn't understand it. You know, if I read about it and it would say, go run 12 quarter miles. Well, I wouldn't, again, wouldn't pace. I would run the first three quarter miles all out. And I would be so deprived, yeah, deprived disappointed that, that I had nothing left to finish the other one, as opposed to trying to, to pace them, hold back a little bit and run 12 of them. And uh, so I, I mean, during, you know, I would have been curious to see you know, I certainly could have run better back then had I had I no more. Everything to me was, was just long, slow distance. That's, I just I just ran, and it was great. And you you talked about those Nirvana, out of body experiences, and I, I I firmly agree with that. And you get them, and it's just just that point where just your body is in tune, and and it it feels like there's a little robot on top of your shoulder. I mean, it's really, really a cool feeling. Mm -hmm. And and whenever I get it, you know, I wonder, am I ever going to, is this the last time? You know, am I ever going to get this again? But fortunately, it comes back every once in a while. And I certainly find that the more fit I get, the more often that that happens. You know, 2016, I got together with, with a group with Ragus and the Lindsays and the Berries, Kevin LeCompte. Uh, Mark King, David Bogman, and and we had it. We had a great time training. One one little thing that you know we we talked about that Stu, the Goggins challenge that we did back in April. So I I had heard of David Goggins and in that forty eight mile challenge that he did, and I thought, well, one day I'll do that. And then uh, Sonny Downer did it, and I saw it on Facebook, and I thought, well, that's really cool, but. You know, this was April and it's getting to be, you know, warmer than I like, and I'm not a warm weather runner. <laughs> and I People thought, aren't. and then I will, I will, I will, you know, I'll try that in the fall. And then next thing I know, I see Kevin LeCompte and Ragus, Blair Downer and King were, were doing it. And somehow or another, I got 
caught up on a text with them, you know, <laughs> and it was right after my birthday, the weather for that week. I mean, this was from like on a Monday, Tuesday, and then start doing it on a Friday. I'd only been running like five miles three times a week. You know, it was not, not, a, not a real smart thing to do. But, you know, so the Goggins Challenge, what you do is every four hours for 12 intervals, you run four miles. So we started, uh, I started at 6 p.m. on a Friday. Uh, so it was 6 p.m., 10 p.m., 2 a.m., and then keep repeating that uh, and finish at 2 p.m. on Sunday. And it, it was also funny, you know, it was during the, the COVID and the curfew. And so, you know, we weren't supposed to be out at 2 a.m. And we would meet, meet together for all the runs, except not the 2 a.m. Nobody wanted to drive. You just went out your front door and run. And, but, but my wife, Ann, didn't want me going out and running at 2 a.m. during the curfew by myself. So she, uh, uh, she was very sweet of her. She got up at 2 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday and rode her bike next to me. For the four miles, but that was that was a fun event, a fun thing to do. You know, kind of maybe messed up my knee and not fully recovered from that since then. But it was it was just a cool thing to do. Very, very mental. You know, to keep keep that grind of you know run, get home, clean up, eat a little bit, don't eat too much, maybe get a little rest and then put your shoes back on four hours later. It was, it was a cool thing to do, a fun thing to do. Well, you also did some hiking with two daughters up yeah, in Mount so Rainier? That, yeah, boy, that was fun. I went with my youngest daughter to Mount Rainier um, last year. The year before, though, it, speaking of, of fun hikes, good hikes, challenging hikes, uh, things you would have to plan ahead, in Yosemite, uh, Half Dome with my two youngest daughters that i mean you google that and google the cables on half dome and so it the last part of the climb and so it's probably i don't remember it's eight or nine miles so you start before sunup right at right at dawn and so that you have as much time as possible climb in the first part of the, the climb is very strenuous and it flattens out a little bit then it gets harder and then it gets harder and then it gets harder, uh, and you, you end up. The last part is is just straight up, forty five degree angle on granite, and what they have is the cables. About every ten feet, there's a two by four going across. So you pull yourself up the cable ten feet, and then you stop. And also, you had a high elevation right there, probably eight nine thousand foot elevation, and it was very crowded. You have to have a permit. That's why I say you got to plan ahead. You got to have a permit to get there. And you, you get, and it's probably a quarter mile up the cables, I think. And you get to the top though, and it's just, just kind of overwhelming because you've been, you know, like I say, hiking for, you know, seven, eight hours, get to the top, and you're looking over Yosemite Valley, Valley, and El Cap is in the distance, and it, it's, it's a little overwhelming, and it's just incredible. And so, everybody ought to put that on their, on their list. Glacier. Glacier National Park, um, you know, is just incredible. especially to do with your daughters. Well. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That I had done. I had went in in 1987 before you need a permit to hike Half Dome and hiked Half Dome, and then we decided, you know, in 2018, I guess it was, to go go to Yosemite, 
And I asked them to, do they want to do half dome? And I didn't really expect that they would, but they said, <laughs> but they, and I was more worried about me doing it than, than they being able to do it. But, you know, again, pacing and nutrition, you know, we took it slow. We, we did lots of stops and then you get to the top and you stay there, but then you got to go back down and you got, we got back down around sunset. So it was, it was a long day. It was a great hike. And like I said, it was a wonderful thing to do, to do with them. And we'll always all remember that forever, for sure. Also, I think it's noteworthy that you have, your daughters are scattered all over the, not only the country, but the world. Yeah, my oldest daughter is in New Zealand and, and she's working on a uh, PhD in coastal engineering. My middle daughter's at the University of Illinois and she's working on a PhD in math. And my youngest daughter's in her third year medical school at Baylor in Houston. So nice. yeah, they are doing terrific. We're very proud of them. That's awesome. Are they physically active? Uh, the, the younger one more than the others, but they, they you know, they all go, all have their moments. So <laughs> the, the middle one swims a little bit. I think that's a, a great place to, to close out the podcast. I want to thank George for coming on and, and giving us this very diverse background um, where he came from and, and all the things that he's accomplished. I'm pretty awestruck to tell you the truth. But I did not realize that you had accomplished all of that. That's, that's really cool. It's amazing. <laughs> we also want to thank Dr. Steve Morgan and Homa Family Dental for allowing us to continue to use their office to record the podcast. Yeah, we love having the podcast here and very appreciative to Dr. Morgan for taking the time to allow us to use this space. We'll continue to post weekly announcements and upcoming events to the Facebook page, so keep an eye out for those. Please tell a friend about the South Island Collective or even share this episode to your page. Get the word out. We've been really stoked on the feedback thus far. We want to keep the engine going. You can also find us on Instagram. Search for the South Down Collective. And we'll have the new episode posted every Wednesday to all podcast platforms. Tune in next week. Our interview will be the brains behind the local running group Gator Racing. We'll be chatting with Jory Billyot and Ryan Barrow. So until next week, keep running. Keep cycling. Or whatever your passion. Train hard, stay safe, and good health. And tell your friend about the Southdown Collective. Until next time. So long. See you soon.